kids' room. God bless our kids. There's so many of them. Hallelujah. So for anyone who might be new here, kids is for any child who is toilet trained, they are welcome to go into that room. And if they're not toilet trained, they can stay in the service with you or outside. Um, And yeah, we ask that during the service, if you want to visit your child, just do so through the other through the other door. Opening this door will disrupt the service. But um, if anyone is new here, maybe this is your first year, second time, want to welcome you very warmly. Welcome to our family. We hope to meet you and um, hear about what God's doing in your life. But just before I hand over to Pastor Abs, why don't we just pray? Thank you, Eternal Father, that you are eternal. That your eternal Holy Spirit is here with us tonight. The world and everything in it is passing away. But you are eternal. We thank you that lives will be changed tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. They'll be changing hearts, they'll be changing minds, they'll be changing spirits. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to do your work here tonight. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you. We thank you for our leaders, Pastors Rabs and Rita, Tony and Janet. We thank you for their sacrifice, for everything they do for the body. Thank you. Continue to bless and protect them and their families. God, we're excited about what you're going to do tonight. We're eager. We're expectant. We love you, Lord. Everyone who agreed said, Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. How are we, everyone? We good? Hallelujah. This is the uh, this is the Sunday book and that's the Wednesday book. <laughs> now I thank you all for coming. Um, you'll be blessed today. 
um, what the Lord showed me this week. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to know that the Lord is guiding this. I wouldn't say ministry; the Lord's guiding His body. We we are a family in Christ, and I receive instructions from the Lord. It's exciting. Oh, well, can I have the microphone? I'd like to challenge the crowd. For all the people online listening, you're welcome to tune in and get ready. Okay. So I have a question for each one here. Before I share the encounter that I had with the Lord, on Tuesday. I haven't I haven't seen the Lord for one year and six months and he showed himself to me on Tuesday in a dream. Um before I move forward, I'd like to ask every person here if there is something so valuable in the sight of God regarding your life, what would it be? So whoever puts their hands up. Just a short answer. So Caroline said the heart. The whole eight, seven years of preaching, it's been the heart. I've been preaching about Because the Bible says above all else, guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. If there's something even deeper than that, that is more important between your, your life with God, what would it be? What's that, sorry? So... If there's something, I'll go a little bit more deeper. If there's something that you have to guard on earth regarding what God has given you, what would it be? Close. Close. Testimony, more closer. Mary's close, but testimony, something. If there's something you want to guard with all your heart and get to know as much as you can, what would it be? Exactly. Who said your walk? Caroline. Give Caroline a clap. <laughs> if there's something on earth that you would want to guard, it would be your walk with God. We agree? That's the most important thing. Your walk with God is the most important thing that you need a God on earth. Yes? It's sad to know that people don't know what they're walking towards. So many, so many people received the Lord, but didn't know what they're working towards. And in this way, they don't, they don't reach heaven living their life at full capacity. We, we can agree with that. <clears throat> i give you an example, and I'm going to share about this today, about your walk. You must know, as a believer, where you're going. Because if you don't know where you're going, you don't know what you're working towards. And in this way, you cannot prepare for the process. So many people, they say that I've, how can I say it? 
So many people tell me that uh, Jesus is their Lord and Savior. But that's how, that's as far as they go. And God imparted so much to me this week by the grace of God. And I want to share it with you. That if there is something that you have to guard on earth, it will be your walk with God. So many people, they walk ineffective. Some people are effective. Some people are on middle grounds. So many people, some people are walking in momentum. Some people have come to a standstill. And, and something that is deep about this is the Christians where they are now, they are operating more in a place of the beginning, a standstill. They don't know what to work towards. Because, can I say it like this? The Bible says that he's planned all the souls, all the good works before the foundation of the universe. We agree with that, yeah? So let's say you didn't understand what God needs to address and work on. Can the voice really come? Can the voice really come to you? Let's say God called you. Let's say God called you to operate in signs and wonders, preaching of the gospel to seek and save the lost. Let's say you didn't prepare yourself enough for the voice to come and for the Holy Spirit to appoint where he's called you and what to operate in. Because there are many gifts, there are, there are, many, there are many gifts that God gives and there's nothing better than hearing it from God. Because when you hear it from God, you know that it's yours. We can impart spiritual gifts through the laying of the hands, but there's nothing better, Himaha, there's nothing better than hearing it from God. And, and, and why the voice doesn't come is because many people have not prepared themselves to understand what they need to cultivate in their heart, what they have to work towards. And today I want to speak about the most important thing in your journey is to guard your spiritual work with God. And can I say it like this? It's a fine line. It's a fine line. Guarding your spiritual walk, being effective with God, being effective with the Holy Spirit, it's a fine line. And God, Jesus tells us that, that the path to me, it's narrow. It's difficult. And to sum it up in an easy way, so many people don't want to pay the price to 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 let go of the things that are in this world to purchase something greater, the kingdom. I was going to share my dream on Wednesday, but there are some new faces here. I don't know if they're going to be here Wednesday, but I'll share it today. I said to the Lord, everything that I preach every week, you have to ordain it and you have to bless it for me, or I will not share it. You know why? Anyone can grab a scripture and stand up here today and read something. Anyone can go and Google, find something that sounds good and preach it. I don't want to be this person. And I'm not, I don't condemn anyone who's actually doing this. By grading in that, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit to know that He is plowing the ground. He's working on our hearts. He's directing every stage of our promotion 
every stage of advancing, every stage of maturing. I want to know it's God. This is my heart. This is not about you, Snell. This is my heart with walking with God. And I thank God that in my eight, every eight years in the Lord, it hasn't changed for me. It's just increased. Why? Because I understood what God has to address. I understood what God needs to work on. So I share the dream with you. And this is, uh, this is for the body too. Because what Jesus says is no respect of man. What he gives to one, he gives to everyone. Whoever is willing. And we are all part of the body. We are equal in God's eyes. But what, God, what Jesus, I saw Jesus, but he didn't speak. The Holy Spirit spoke to me on the ground. And I'll share it with you. <clears throat> I was preaching to a group in my dream. I was preaching to a group in my dream. And there was a lady that I led, that I led to the Lord in my dream. And, and I'm coming to pray for her. And I said, when you receive the Lord Jesus and you repent from all your sins, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And as soon as I said that to her, I saw her soul, I saw her soul leave her body. And she died. She actually died in the dream. And she's going, she's traveling into the sky. As she was traveling into the sky, the whole earth, not Australia, the whole earth started to form like a purple sky and it started to create a whirlwind. And, and that soul was in the whirlwind going up. And she said, you don't know what you've done for me. You don't know that you preaching the gospel, you saved me so I can enter heaven. And she's saying this, she's saying this, and she's going into the whirlwind. And the whole earth, the whole earth began to create like a whirlwind cyclone sort of thing. And I kept hearing the Holy Spirit who was on the ground with me saying the end is near. The end is near. And the soul is going. It, it hit the, it moved past the first dimension and there were, there were demonic angels there watching the soul go up to heaven. It was something that I've never seen before. And then I saw from the third heavens, two angels come down, guard that soul, taking it to heaven. Then I saw, I saw hundreds and hundreds of thousands of fiery arrows getting shot into heaven from all over the world. Every second, there was arrows getting shot into heaven. And they were, they were landing at gates. They were landing at gates. But it wasn't the middle heaven, it was the final one. It was landing and it was hitting gates. And I said, I said in my own heart, I didn't say it to the Holy Spirit. I said, what is this? He goes, these are the souls that are dying day by day. And they're getting shot and they're all shot from all over the world. They were dying in, that, in this present time, they were dying. Because people die every second. Or maybe even quicker, I don't know. And he said, these are, he said in my mind... Speaking, and the Holy Spirit is telling me in my mind, these are the souls that are dying every day. And they were hitting a gate. They were hitting a gate. Then, 
I'm looking at that gate and then a portal opens up. A portal of light opens up. It's going to bless your heart. I saw a massive white table. I saw a massive white table and Jesus didn't look at me. He didn't look at me. Not that he was angry at me. He's carrying table by table all the souls that just shot up to heaven they were standing there he's greeting them hugging them and he's telling them stay there and it's like he wanted to stage something to me so i can see what he's doing and all the all this all those arrows they became living beings and jesus was embracing them hugging them then he said "Santia, wait i have to show this man something but I knew that in my heart, but he wasn't saying it. And he was grabbing, there was a white table, there was no food on the table. It was bare. And he's preparing chair by chair. And he's pre preparing chair by chair. Preparing them. And he was working, not his servants, not, not the believers. He was working. And he's preparing all the tables. It was so big. Preparing them all. Preparing them all, and he's letting me see everything he was doing. Now, the first moment when the portal opened up, I saw he was wearing a red robe. Now, I know what the red robe is symbolic of. The Bible says his robe is dipped in the blood. His name is the Word of God. That's Jesus' redemption at the cross. And, and, he, and he kept showing me the red. He kept, like not, like, not in a way showing off his red robe, but he was just showing me his red robe. That all these souls that are coming, it was because what I done for them. And he's putting the chairs all around the right white table. It was so big. But he was working and they're all just standing around the table. They're not allowed to sit. There was no food on the table yet. He's just preparing it. And I kept hearing the Holy Spirit telling me the end is near. I didn't hear anything else regarding the end. He said, the end is near. Then, then I see him, then I see him walking. He wasn't carrying any more tables or chairs. He's walking, he's wearing a blue robe. And, and I don't know what the blue robe is symbolic of, but I knew what the red robe is symbolic of. And I'm trying to think, is the thought going to come to me? But it didn't. So, when the blue robe came, when the, blue, when the blue robe came, in that moment when I heard, when I saw him wearing, when I saw Jesus wearing the blue robe, I heard this sound. Not from him, but from the Holy Spirit. And you know what he said to me? He said, the end is near. Win as many souls as you can. He said, win as many souls as you can. But he only said it when he was wearing the blue robe. Okay, so I have to tell you what blue robe symbolic of. <laughs> okay, I'll share it.
<clears throat> so when I heard the voice, Sorry, one sec. When I heard the voice, win as many souls as you can, the lady that I just led to the Lord, she was at the gate thanking me that if I didn't preach the gospel to her, she wouldn't be in that place. You ready for this? When I saw Jesus wearing blue, this was what the blue is symbolic of. The blue robe indicates our heavenly calling. The blue robe indicates our heavenly calling and to build the heavenly habitation. It means to fill up heaven. That's what the blue robe is symbolic of. Our heavenly calling and to fill, to inhabit heaven. And when, the, when Jesus was wearing the blue robe, that's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Win as many souls as you can because the end is near. And I'll read it out in full. So the blue robe indicates our heavenly calling to build the heavenly habitation of the Lord Jesus Christ under his headship. Also, blue is symbolic of the power of God regarding healing. And that's the ministry that Jesus gave me. He sent his word and healed them. Jesus gave me that ministry by the grace of God. And I want to share something with you. He showed me that you're going to come to a place where the healing power of God falls and salvations are going to come so much quicker, so much easier. And I encourage you all to understand your responsibility as a believer. Every believer here has a responsibility. I can't tell you. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how serious to take this. I can't tell you how serious to take this. Because the whole world is coming to the end. And without me preaching to that lady, Paul said, how can they hear if they have not heard? And, and, and there are people around us today, there are good people, but they haven't received Jesus as their Savior. And every person here has a responsibility to be the image of Christ and to show them the way to salvation. And I encourage every person here, I encourage every person here to take this to heart because what we have here is temporary. Don't get caught up in the things of the world. Many people can think, you know, is Jesus coming in my time? I'm telling you, he said the end is near. And I want to encourage you, Jesus was preparing our true home. Jesus is preparing our true home. I told the Lord how I'm going to treat the Holy Spirit here on earth. I'm not going to preach anything other than what he gives me. 
So I'd like to share this with you here. If there's anything you need to protect as a believer, it's your walk with God. And it's interesting why this dream came. I told the Lord Jesus that when you're ready to tell me to begin to preach about the kingdom and how to win souls and how to prepare for the power, you show me. All my life in the ministry, I've preached about the heart. And I've hit every target of the heart, and there's many more. But he showed me now, you're ready for the next step now. To prepare for what? Responsibility. To be a worker, you must be responsible. So you can be a child, you can be a son, but Paul begins to address mature believers as what? A worker. There are some workers that chuck sickies. There are some workers that sit at home and they're lazy. There are some workers who just want to go to labor and come back home. But there are workers who want to get to the highest place with God. And that's how you build, is how it's given. There are some workers that come, we hear, we go back home. There are some who are not content with what God's given them. They want more. And this has so much to do with your walk than God. It's about you now. So I want to share what the Lord showed me from Philippians chapter 4. We'll go to the scripture. And I just wanted you to be blessed. Because Jesus is orchestrating everything. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, we go with it. But I want to share this scripture here. This is in the Amplified Version. Now here, look at the heading of the Paul's teachings. This is the perfect mindset of a believer. The excellence of thinking, how a believer should really think. Now, now, if I read that, if I read that heading, I would want to know what God really is trying to get from this passage here to us believers. If there's something that I want to know as a believer, I would know what I need to start what I need to cooperate with, and where I finish as a believer. I would want to know the process. As long as you know the process, you're always aware of the things that are going to come. If you don't prepare for the process, things will be a shock to you. Yes? Things will catch you off guard. What do you mean catch you off guard? Disappointment will catch you off guard. Discouragement will catch you off guard. Confusion will catch you off guard. Fear will catch you off guard. You have to know the areas that God focuses on where eventually, at the end of the scripture, what does God promise you? And the God of peace, he'll be with you. Is, is, is. But look how he responds. The God of peace, he will be with you. Now look, there's, there are so many conditions 
for God being side by side with you, allowing you to walk in his peace. How many people know the Lord here? And they're not walking in his peace. You begin to ask yourself these questions. In this passage here, God shows himself as the author of peace. In other scriptures, God shows himself as the author of love. If, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So how is love being imparted to you more and more? There speaks of obedience. You begin to see God shows himself in different parts of scriptures in different ways. Here, he's shown himself as the God of peace. In the book of Hebrews, he shows himself as the God of what? God of rest. I'm giving you some wisdom when you read the scriptures so you can see this. In all throughout the scriptures with conditions and an invitation for you to walk in this way, God shows himself in different ways. So you start to see in the Gospels, you start to see in the Epistles, you start to see in every command of God or every instruction from God, God leaves himself with the blessing that he's going to leave you. Pay attention. The Holy Spirit showed me this. Now, look here. If you are to protect something with your walk with God, look at the first Look at the first condition that Jesus is giving here. What is it here? It says, therefore, my fellow believers whom I love and I long for, my delight and my crown, my realms of victory, in this way stand firm in the Lord. So here he starts with this condition. Now, now, now let's, take a, let's take a step back. Look how he starts. Stand firm in the Lord. The end of the chapter, what does he promise? And the God of peace, he will be with you. So let's say someone's lacking peace in their life with God. Let's say what's the real issue. Let's diagnose the real issue. Their commitment and their standing in God has swayed. Doesn't matter how you try to justify yourself. It's clear. And the hardest thing is when trials come and challenges come and they sway us. They try to destroy our building. Warfare comes. Persecution comes. Things that don't go our way. This is how our commitment towards the Lord begins to sway. And this is the true test of a believer. If he can stand in the midst of the storm, he'll get promoted to the next step. <laughs> now here the word stand firm in the Greek for all those who were coming along from the Esau, the word standing firm is staker, stako, and the strongs is 4739. Now what does it mean, the first condition to have an excellence of thinking towards the mind of Christ? What's the first condition? It's to stand firm in the Lord. What does it mean to stand firm in the Lord? Now here, it's, it's, a, it's a treasure. What does it mean? If you were to start your foundation in God, what would you be working towards here? Look what it says. It says here to establish. So this shows you now that we're going into a process. We are entering into a dimension of a process. The second word here is to set up. The third here is to appoint. 
to abide, to persevere, to be stationary, to persist, and to keep one standing or to keep on standing. Each one of these words prepares us for what we must undergo. I'm not going to preach that today. It's too much. I'm going to give you a layer, a direction of where God's taking you. So here we see the first condition is here in this way, stand firm in the Lord. So here, the first condition, what is God trying to establish? What? Here, look, to establish, to set up, to appoint, to persevere, to be stationary, to persist. It talks about how the Holy Spirit has to work on our flesh. The first condition of having an excellence of thinking towards the mind of Christ is to destroy the works of the flesh. And can I say something like this? Jesus went through the same thing. I shared it with some people last week. Jesus just received the Holy Spirit. He went into the wilderness praying and fasting to deal with what? To deal with Satan. Sin and the world. That's the first, that's the first entry point. Or that's the, first, that's the first entry point you have with the Holy Spirit. What's the first entry point of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit? is to deal with the world, to deal with Satan, and to deal with sin. The first establishment that God has to build, the right foundation, is to do what? Deal with sin. What does John say? The lust of the, the, lust of the world, the pride of life, and, and lust of the eye. So John gives us an understanding. So here, here it's talking about the first kingdom or the first work of the Holy Spirit that he has to undergo. What's that speak of? Discipline. Yes, we're all with us. Yeah, I've spent seven or eight years on this script, this, this topic by itself. <laughs> yes, we agree. Now look at the second work. Now it goes in line with Jesus' teachings, word by word. But Paul gives us a deeper analogy of the Spirit. Now look here. The second principle is what? Look, I urge you, Oyoda, and I urge you, Sinchika, to agree and to work in harmony in the Lord. Now here, now here, let's keep going. Indeed, I ask you to, my true companion, to help these women to keep on cooperating, for they have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel. Together with Clement, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, what's the, what's the second principle of guarding your walk? You must know where you're going. Some, some people come to me today, and I said, before, you, before we move forward, let's establish where you are as a believer. Are you dealing with sin? Are you dealing with the world? Are you dealing with Satan? Let's establish where you are as a believer. Because if you don't establish yourself in knowing where you are, what level of faith you are, all you'll be doing is going, the Holy Spirit will take you back there to deal with that very thing. Are you understanding? Please understand. The Holy Spirit's teaching this, this teaching. Every week it's His teaching. If you, if you try to bypass the process of God, the Holy Spirit will take you back there. And it's painful. It's painful 
when you, you, you find the heart to recognize where the Holy Spirit's trying to work on you. Okay? The second work here, it's the kingdom. Now let's have a look. The second principle is the work of the gospel. What did Jesus do? When he defeated Satan, he defeated the world, he defeated sin. What did he get promoted into? The promised land. The kingdom. He started his ministry after those three um, attacks of Satan. But who really led him there? Who really took him up there? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit took him there. Where does the Holy Spirit take you when you first receive him? He takes you there to deal with the flesh. All your life you've, you're feeding this. Satan and the world. I'm comfortable in the world. I have everything. It's hard. I don't believe God can give me what I need. Or I don't think God can give me what he thinks he needs. The hardest thing in my journey was letting go of my own strength. And I say this as a believer, I went through it myself. Letting go was the hardest thing so how did Jesus prepare to let go of the things of the world? How did Jesus prepare to let go from the things of the world? How did he prepare himself to fight Satan and to oppose him and to stand firm and get promoted in the kingdom? How? Pray and fasting. I can tell you something. When I fast every week and when I when I continue to do long fast, nothing in me wants to taste anything of the world. Those, all those years of fasting, something got birthed in me with praying in the Spirit, with meditating on God's Word, with being a doer of God's Word. Something got birthed in me. You know what it was? To take that world system out of my heart. The system of the world allows you to be an enemy of God. So here, Philippians 4, chapter 2 to 3, it speaks of the kingdom. Now let's say you're a believer and you want to begin to move forward, yes? Identify where you are. Unfortunately, 90, 99% of the believers are in the first stage. 99% of the believers are in the first stage. Their commitment and their standing in the Lord is continuously getting swayed. Continuously getting swayed. And I'm going to share later in the coming weeks what I've done to defeat that. Okay, next scripture. So let's just finish the second principle. There are three words that are here from the second principle. It speaks about the mind in the Lord, having the same mind in the Lord. What was the mind of the Lord? Anyone here? What was the mind of the Lord? The will of the Father? Not my will, but your will be done. 
have this mind in you? What was his mind? Humility. Humility. To look at the interests of others rather than himself. Love. What else? Anyone? Selfless. Amen. Sound mind. Servant. Okay. So the, so the second principle for the work of the gospel, the same mind of the Lord, the word here, the word in the Greek is yokefella, meaning to be in a bond like a marriage, relationship, office, labor, partner, comrade, and a colleague. So let me say this to you. Jesus, before he left, he said, I pray that you all become one, just as me and the Father are one. The greatest thing that Jesus wanted after you stand against the flesh, stand against Satan, stand against the world. He wanted what? Unity in the body. He wanted that bond like a marriage that we can be inseparable. So what does Satan do? The moment that we overcome the flesh, he comes to create jealousy, envy, competitive spirit. Everyone begins to challenge and one follows Apollos. One... Uh, Apollos is better than uh, Pastor Dorian, better than Chris. And then we start to challenge and we start to fight each other. And what happens? Whatever was trying to get formed is being uh, deceptive. Destruction. So the second the principle here for the kingdom, you just can't enter the kingdom. See, it, it shows you a good understanding. But when the flesh is dealt with, there's no more selfishness. There's no more self-centeredness. It's me. There's love that naturally promotes you in the kingdom. Where there is love to look at the interests of others rather than yourself. Paul said, whoever is weak, exalt him in the highest way so there's no one weak among you. It shows you the, it shows you the humility and the compassion and love that we have to have towards each other. And, and it shows you to leave room for each other's faults. The, the first stage of a believer, he can't, he can't do that. The second stage, he can. He can understand that we're all in a process. Everyone's fighting a battle. And let's show, let's show love and compassion. Let's be a helping hand instead of, trying to, uh, instead of trying to take it upon yourself of why a person done that to you. You see deeper than that. Why is that person doing this? Because if he can do that to me, he can do it to someone else, he can do it to a hundred other people. What's the root of it? And that's how you build the kingdom. That's how you establish God's family. That when someone comes to me and gossips about me, I, I, I can't fight him, I can't hate him, because what he'll do to me, he'll do to a thousand other people. What's the real problem? Let's work in this area. So that shows you, you begin to tolerate other people's uh, wrongdoings, the, the issues that needs to be dealt deep down in the heart. So when people come to me, I, I don't see the surface. The Holy Spirit lets me see the root. And sometimes it hurts. Most of the believers it hurts. But the Holy Spirit goes to the root. Because you cut a branch, you just keep on bearing fruit. 
he goes to the root. It can be unbelief, it can be rebellion, it can be things in the family that they were brought up with. There's many things. But I don't want to stay too much time on this. I spent seven years on this. So the second principle is unity but in love. And the way the way the body the way that the body is formed, excellence of thinking, the way it's formed is when there's that much love for each other, there's always room for each other's faults. There's always room to build up each other, not to get offended, not to feel like this person's left me out, this person doesn't give me enough attention. I wish I could spend all my time with you, but I can't. I have such a balance that I have to undergo with God. Most of all, my time with God is most valuable before anything else. Because if I don't have that time, I can't give what he's given to you. So, so what's, the, what's, what's the fruits of someone still in the first kingdom, easily offended? Easily offended. That's one of the most common things. He's easily offended. Oversensitive. So, so, how, so how Jesus wants to see us for the second principle of the kingdom is to have the mind of Christ. Is to tolerate. So when, when, when I sit with people, they tell me they're fighting this. Or they're fighting this sin. Or they're at that level of their faith. I can come down to that level and lift them up. That's what a, that's what a true believer of God does. He doesn't sh hit him down. He, he brings him up. He shows him, identifies the areas to bring him back up. Okay? Laborer. So there's three words. The mind of the Lord, yoke fella. And, and laborer. Laborer meaning a worker in acts of deeds to toil as an effort of occupation and working together. Now let me say this to you. For seven years, for seven years, I've spent on the heart. There's no reward for that. When you go to heaven, you don't get a reward for that. That's your obligation. Yeah, but what you do for the kingdom, they're your rewards. So, 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 I read it here. So, repentance speaks of holiness, sanctification, righteousness, and the fear of God. You don't get rewarded for that. That's who Jesus is. Why he came on earth to destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil inside of your heart, inside of your mind, inside of your flesh. You don't get rewarded in heaven for that. What you do get rewarded on heaven is how you labor for him. So if I want Jesus to read out my good works for him, and I say this humbly, I want it to be a book that's very big. To be honest, all my life, every day, walking with the Lord, I want the rewards to be big. Is that my intention while I'm serving God? No. But, but that's how a worker thinks. A child doesn't think like that. A child, he's loved. I love you, Lord. I love you too. I love you, Lord. I love you too. But a worker begins to have a mindset. A worker has a, has, begins to have a mindset of what? Responsibility. You're responsible now. 
God can trust you with souls and he can trust you with his power. He can trust you with his anointing and you can begin to go out there to seek and save the lost. And whether you like to hear it or not, he will reward you. Everything that you've done on earth, he's going to reward you. Whether that's, that's what's motivating you or not, I don't do that. I do that because I love him, but he's going to reward me. I want the book to be big. Because everything that I've worked for, it's for this. So you don't, get re you don't get rewarded for being obedient to stay away from sin or to stay away from the devil or to stay away from the world. That's who Christ is. You get rewarded for the things that you do for him. And there are many things in the Bible that we're going to begin to touch. Because so many people are going to tell me, okay, how do I, how do I begin to work in the kingdom where eventually you'll get rewarded by God. And please understand me, that's not why I'm trying to preach so you can get rewarded by God. He's going to reward you. Okay, so the second stage here is where you begin to see the rewards. And Paul speaks about it, Jesus speaks about it, all the apostles speak about it, about receiving a rich welcome into heaven. Do you want a rich welcome into heaven? I do. If you want, you come along. I want a rich welcome into heaven. I want them to play the Mijwis, the Lebanese Mijwis and the Tabel, and everyone's... Uh... <laughs> that's what I want. You know why? Because, because that's who I am. That's who I am. A worker. The final destination of a believer... You can be a child, you can be a son, then he speaks of a worker. Responsibility. Are we in a stage of responsibility? Not yet. Not yet. But the Holy Spirit gave me the all clear to go now and to preach about this. I've been so careful. I've been sometimes, speak it, so willingly wanting to speak and share what What's the next stage of a believer? It's here now. I can begin to touch on all the areas where God begins to bless you. Okay. And I'll share how I juggled that with my six children and my wife and my work. If someone can look at me and say, you know, you, have, you, you can do it easily. You don't, you don't have a family. You don't have work. I'm a trainer for my son's footy team. Saturday and Sunday, footy and soccer. Let me tell you something. When God is first, he'll make everything work. There's no excuse. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. Because when Jesus is your source and the author of your soul, your mind, your spirit... He becomes everything. Everything you do connects perfectly. It's not a struggle anymore. Let me, I'll tell you that. But my main desire is to go out to the lost. My desire is to go after the kingdom. That's my main desire now. Why? To get rewarded? No. Because Jesus commanded me to do this. And he gives you the compassion, the mercy, and the love to do this. You don't go out there to, 
preach the gospel. I want a soul. No, you can't walk away from someone who hasn't heard the gospel, who hasn't been transformed. You can't walk away. I can't walk away from someone who has no food or money or clothes. I can't walk away. That's called compassion. Jesus was led to heal. Why? Because of compassion. He couldn't leave them injured. And Jesus will form that in your heart if you ask him. Imagine preaching and you don't have compassion. Imagine preaching and you don't have mercy. Imagine you preach and you don't have love. It's, it's, you're doing it because the Bible tells you. The next step. The next and the most important step. This is where Satan begins to attack. He attacks nearly every place, but he focuses his attacks here. Okay? So, the first principle speaks about what? A process. The second principle speaks about what? A position. To be in the kingdom, you have a position. You're a worker. The third process speaks about what you have to guard. As a believer, you have to guard this. Here, look what Satan comes against. Rejoice in the Lord always. Take, the, take pleasure in him again. I will say rejoice. Now, when, when someone says something twice in the same paragraph, you pay closer attention. You know why? Because when Satan comes after this, this is where warfare, this is where spiritual attacks, this is where discouragement comes, this is when he begins to dismantle you as a believer. What does the Bible say? Enter his courts with? And? It's a, it's a weapon. That's our weapon to keep our hearts right. So what does he do? When tribulation comes, doctor's report speaks something wrong with you. You lost your job. Satan's coming after you because you're moving forward. What does the Bible say? Rejoice. Look, rejoice. In, look what he says. Rejoice in the Lord. Delight, take pleasure in him. He speaks about his presence. Again, I will say rejoice. Let now, now this is different. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfish, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is, he's watching you. What is he watching? What is the Lord watching? He's watching the character of your heart when you go through the troubles. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord always. This is your walk. So many people go through warfare, they go through tribulation, they go through struggles, they go through challenges. What, did, what happens? What happens? They begin to have an opposite character. I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to focus on myself. I deserve more. I'm not going to tolerate anyone speaking to me rude anymore. I'm going to be bitter with them and rude, and I'm going to cut everyone out of my life that speaks to me in any different way. This is how, <laughs> this is how Satan begins to dismantle you. 
through the tribulation, through the trial, through the challenge, through your impatience, what happens? Your rejoicing ceases. In the last six months, I had to pick up so many believers by the grace of God, which way I meant to pick up each other. But the Holy Spirit lets me see the pattern. You understand? The Holy Spirit lets me see the pattern of, does someone just fall for the sake of falling? Does someone, does someone fall into an area where Satan just attacks him out of no way? No, it's a process that you go there. Pay attention. It's a process that you go there. You stop reading the Bible. You stop fellowshipping with the believers. You stop praying in the Spirit. You stop going to His presence. You stop focusing on the kingdom. You stop focusing on the sanctification, the holiness, and the fear of God. There's the reasons why you go back downhill. So here, what are you... What, why, why does it say rejoice always? What, are you, what is your opposition? What is your, what is your opposition when you are to rejoice? It's okay. Someone disagrees with me. We'll go Romans 12, 12. When it says rejoice in the Lord always, is everything going to be good when you're rejoicing? It's not. So rejoicing is like a weapon. It's a safeguard that's going to actually protect you as a believer. Now look what it says here. Rejoice in hope. What does Satan come against? Look, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Believers will have sicknesses, whether we like to hear it or not. But you can overcome them all. You can defeat them all. People will have challenges. Uh, last year I had a hemorrhoid, which was bleeding, which I was so scared to go to the bathroom. I could have fallen into a place of the flesh. Why, Lord? I'm walking with you and I'm believing, Lord, and I'm doing no. I put on faith. Lord, your word says this. Your promises are yes, they are amen. I stand on your promises, Lord. I thank you that by your stripes and your wounds I am healed. And I began to put on faith. I shined the light on that place that needed healing. And I saw it. Three weeks later, the thing healed. I was scared to go to the bathroom. That's how much pain I was in. So tribulations will come. But you can overcome them all by faith. Okay? Any trouble. So look at your weapon here. I, I shared with the boys yesterday. Satan attacks three things. Hope never puts you to shame. Because the love of God has been poured in your heart by the Holy Spirit. What is the attack? Your hope. Joy. Joy of the Lord is your strength. Peace. These scriptures regarding peace. And your love for God. And I just want you to under, take a step back. In every gospel, in every epistle, God shows himself strong in this area. The God of love. The God of peace. I want to open your spirit to thinking in the spirit of God. Are you listening? So the God of peace, the God of love, the God of rest, there are treasures there. Please open your, open your heart to this teaching. The Holy Spirit taught me like this. The book of Hebrews devoted to discipline, but he promises you rest. Yes? 
Yes. Here, the scripture I'm speaking about is devoted to peace. The epistles of first, second, third John is devoted to love. The love of God. If you obey, if you keep his commandments, if you love one another, love is given. Love more. Love of God's given more. Peace of God's given more. Rest of God's given more. He shows himself in different ways. I'm opening your spirit to understand how the Holy Spirit actually shows me these things. It's a treasure. So the enemy attacks these three things. Hopelessness, discouragement, condemnation, guilt, unworthiness, and he traps you in this area. Very common. We go to the next one. I'm just opening your spirit. The fourth principle is this one here. Uh, Philippians 4. <clears throat> oh, so I spoke about the fourth, fourth principle. We'll go back to the character. 5 to 6. We'll go there. Okay, now we'll leave rejoicing out. Look at the look what God, look what look what the Bible says here. When it says the Lord is near, he's not saying that he's standing by your side. He's watching your heart. Pay attention. Pay attention. When you go through the tribulations, when you go through the trials, when you go through the challenges, your character most of the time changes if you're not in tune and sensitive with the Holy Spirit. There, murmuring begins, complaining begins, bitterness begins, blaming others begins, and the whole cycle. Are we understanding? And what does, what, when does God pay extra attention? Anyone can love him when everything's good, but when you struggle to, to love me and forgive me, God's watching. What did you say about this man? Oh, I feel, I feel I can never trust this person. The Bible says if you have an issue, go tell him in secret and forgive one another. You see, it's no more emotion, it's truth. God, God is watching how you tolerate people, how you be patient with people. How you be mercy with people, merciful towards people. How you be unselfish. That's where he pays extra attention. What is God big on? Your behavior. Your behavior as a believer. There he watches very close. Okay? So the, the, fifth, the, the fourth principle is to guard your character. It's good. Next one, the fifth principle, the fifth principle, look. Do you look for peace or does God give you peace? You don't look for peace. Peace follows you. Don't make that mistake as a believer. The God of peace, peace follows you when you cooperate with him. Look. Be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance, situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. 
Now he's showing you how, you how peace is given by God and how it's contained and how it's sustained. Now, so many people start with the peace of God, but is it sustained in your life where it's continuously like a river flowing in your heart? You see, look, look at your weapon. He's showing you here that your prayer life is going to get intimidated when you go through certain things. Are you listening? He's showing you here, read what Paul's not saying. He's showing you here that your prayer life is attacked when you go through trials, when you go through challenges, when you go through tribulations. He's showing that your prayer life is going to get attacked. And what's the greatest thing that gets attacked when you're going through these things? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, why, uh, why am I going through this, Lord? I've suffered enough, Lord. I've suffered enough, Lord. You don't know what I've been through, Lord. <laughs> Everything's so hard, Lord. This is what happens when we are in this area and what gets released out of my mouth. Before it was so easy with you, but now it's so hard I can't even pray. I can't even get in your presence. Everything's tough. I don't understand nothing anymore. This is what gets released when you're in this area. Paul is warning us that when these things are going to come, your prayer life is going to get attacked and your thanksgiving in your heart is going to get attacked. Gratitude will be attacked. Just to understand. Understand. When things get tough, gratitude begins to decrease and become like barren in your life. Lord, Lord, I need you to restore this. No, thank you, Lord, that you will restore this. Thank you, Lord, that you're always with me. Thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You see how you crush Satan? You crush him. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. You see, Paul is showing us that our prayer life will be attacked when things get tough. And what happens at breaking point? People leave the Lord and they, what? they become selfish. I try to walk with God in the way that He promises me, but it's too difficult. I'm just going to focus on myself. You know, I'll get my own job. I'll make my own money, but I believe in God. You know how many believers do that? The majority of them. If I tell you my experiences I had with the Holy Spirit and how my company got attacked and I got offered a multi-million dollar contract and the Holy Spirit told me no. If I tell you what happened, you would think, oh, you're a special man. No, it shows you how sensitive you have to be to the Holy Spirit. And I went to that safe haven, the, the presence of God every day and I worshipped Him all day. Every day. And like a river, a river of comfort, a river of love, a river of rest and peace guarded me until the next promotion comes. Are you listening? Pay attention. So Paul is warning you, if there's anything you want to know, is you, to protect your walk, yes? 
Paul is warning us that when anxiousness comes or when, when you become worried about certain things that you can't control, your prayer life is going to be attacked. Your thanksgiving, your gratitude in your heart is going to be attacked. When your prayer life is attacked, when your thanksgiving is attacked, you don't make your request known to God anymore. You've given up. Are you understanding? You see the pattern? So can someone say, I stopped believing in God for no reason? There's a pattern. And Satan's kingdom is well established. Well established. Now look here. After you have protected your walk, look, and the peace of God, that peace which reassures our heart, why does, it, why does the peace of God reassure our hearts? Because we, by prayer and petition about every situation and continuous gratitude in our hearts, continuous making requests to God, that peace will guard your heart. That peace will guard your heart. But the, the one before that, you have another test that you have to protect your character from becoming the old nature again. Complaining, murmuring, prideful. His fault. It's because of him. It's because of this pastor. I'm like this. No one loves me. No one accepts me. No one receives me. No one looks at me. That's what I have to deal with every week. That's what I have to deal with every week. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, it's yours. So you see when you read that scripture, everyone quotes the scripture, they don't even know what it means. No offense to anyone. Everyone quotes that scripture and the Holy Spirit told me to break it down. He told me to break it down and actually understand what you're reading. The next principle, the last one, and I'll shut off with this. We go to, to verse to 8. This was part of the verse 8. So this is the next step here. I'll just quickly go through it. <clears throat> so your prayer life, your thanksgiving, and your request to God, that's, that's the, that was part of the fifth principle. We go to the sixth principle. Is this one here? Now, you're, you're protecting your walk with God. Look what it says here. Finally, whatever is true. Now he's showing, you, he's showing you something here. He's showing you something that there is a truth that you have to get. Whatever is honorable and worthy of respect. Whatever is right and confirmed by God's word. Now he's showing you the next step. What's that show you? As a believer, every day you have to find out what is honorable in God's sight, what is worthy of respect in God's sight, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word in God's sight, that's what you have to go to get from God's word every day. Are you understanding? Whatever is lovely, all the scripture speaks about God's love and how to walk in that love and how to obtain that love. 
You don't just say, God loves me and I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to walk. No, there are things that attracts God more to you. You know that? You know God is attracted um, through things in the Bible. To, to, if you do some certain things, he's attracted. You know that? You know there are things in the Bible that attracts God more deeply? You know there was a man in the Acts of the Apostles who gave so much to the poor that attracted God to save him? You know that? You know God shows himself strong unto those who are and unto those who are loyal to him. The Bible says God shows himself strong unto those who are loyal to him. What do you mean? Isn't God strong unto everyone? No. So what does loyalty symbolic of? Obedience to him. The Bible says for Susan, God is near the brokenhearted and he's attentive to their prayers. He's near when you're broken. We understand this. But there are things that draw God nearer and nearer to you. Okay? So look what it says here. Whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, think continually on these things, center your mind and implant them in your heart. What does that show you? That every day you have to be fixated on the word. So if there's something you want to guard as a believer, it's your walk. You understand? You see how many conditions you undergo as a believer? But God, out of all those scriptures, God is paying attention to which part? Your heart, your character. God's eyes comes closely. Okay, what are you going to do now? Are you going to feed Satan or are you going to feed me? Because if you feed him, more of your heart becomes darker. More of your heart, Satan occupies it. Understanding? Okay, the last principle, we go to nine. After you've done all these things and put them into practice and you've walked in them, then... The God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. You see? You see all the conditions? We are so good at preaching the easy scriptures. <laughs> it's true. We have a scripture for every problem. But you don't know why the problem is there. The things which you have learned... What do you mean learned? He just gave you what the things, everything that he's taught you. He's talking about that. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in your daily life and the God who is the source of peace and the well-being will be with you. So when you read this scripture, by the grace of God, take a step back and try with the Holy Spirit to understand what he's actually saying. Because with those scriptures that I just wrote out, there are many conditions. Amen? And whoever wants to take photo of these notes to have an anchor point to begin to start, you're more than welcome. But it begins to show you that if there's anything in this life other than your heart you have to protect, it's your walk with God.
is the most valuable thing as a believer. Amen? Okay, let's pray. I try to keep it simple on a Sunday, but I can't help myself. <laughs> I just can't. Uh. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Father, I worship you. You are worthy to be praised because you gave your only Son to die on the cross for us. Lord Jesus, you are the bridge that allows us to have fellowship with you and the Father. And I thank you that now you're living in us by the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, I'd like to thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit and allowing us to be taught by you, Lord. I honor you and we love you as a family. And I pray, Lord, I pray, Lord, from all my heart that we all mature so we can walk in the fullness of your truth. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you prepare each one of us so that we can love you and we can serve you in the most excellent way where we can be responsible as good stewards of the word. We worship you, Jesus. I pray for every person here today, Lord, if they are struggling mentally, they're struggling emotionally, that you restore them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, restore them. Remove any form of warfare. Remove any form of confusion. Remove any fear from them. Remove any sicknesses and diseases from them. Any injuries from them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we command them to be healed and restored. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that greater is the one who is in us than the one who's in the world. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. And we love you. Thank you for all that you have done for us, both seen and unseen. Thank you for your loving hand upon our lives, each day in our lives. But I pray this prayer, Lord, that we mature and be responsible workers in your kingdom and your family. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So just a heads up, um, this Wednesday, the meeting will be in this room. Dean asked for a favor, just for one, a one-off thing. So this Wednesday, the meeting will be here, and I'll be sharing about the next message the Holy Spirit gave me. Okay? Bless you all. Yeah, yeah, that one's no, that that was a bit of this.